discretion is advised as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Now, are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. I'm joined here today to discuss various horror franchises. What if? What if they had a more proper sequel slash reboot? What if they had gone a different way in terms of tone and execution, no pun intended? And uh, just any other just uh, constructive critiques we have on some various franchises we talked about. So I am joined here today by Johnny Potoki of Attack of the B-Movies podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a joy. And Robin Decora, the Cinema Drunkie and Brooklyn Brothers, the Star Trek podcast. How are you? Fine. And you? You know, I've slept off my how pouty I was feeling about the corona, and I just said, hey, can't do anything yeah. about it except wash your hands you. like always. <laughs> Everyone's feeling down. So, uh, like, like Johnny and you, I, I just try to look at the optimistic part of life and just say, fuck it, on to the next yeah. one. It's not the zombie apocalypse. It'll end soon. Or it'll end, it'll end eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not in body bags. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll start this off with you. It was just so funny. I was talking about this episode, and then Rob brought up a bunch of horror franchises, and then I just was joking. I'm like, fuck, you read my mind. That's actually was what I was going to talk about. And one of them happened to be the Wrong Turn franchise. I vaguely remember seeing this when, you know, FX channel premiered it. And I was like, okay, Eliza Dishku going off the Josh Whedon, you know, fandom, Jeremy Sisto, and, and, and Alan B. McElroy of Halloween 4 writing. It's like, okay, so iffy. And it just sounded like another, you know, Texas Chainsaw, Deliverance, kind of just another take on the Cannibal franchise. And I was just kind of meh just the whole time just very unimpressed but then i forgot totally i just totally spaced out when trinity martin of the horror movie maniacs group on facebook shared he and a bunch of other people shared a bunch of uh this one hysterical video which literally shows every single gruesome kill from that entire franchise there's like five of them (laughs) and it was a hysterical video like just you can't not laugh at it just because some of the outrageous dialogue that's said before the kills, this the way people are dispatched. And I was like, okay, you know what? What the fuck? I'll, I'll check this out. <laughs> and I, I binged it on, you know, Skinamax and HBO back when I still had Cinemax and just watched them. And I was still just very mad about this franchise. I'm just like, I don't know if I'm cranky, watching it in a bad mood, <laughs> but I feel like this deserves a little better. This could have been a the next best thing since sliced bread. And I, I, I just really feel like it's kind of a, like, up there with Children of the Corn, just kind of a a mad to forgettable franchise that should have been more epic in scope or just more over the top and more fun. Yeah. So, uh, I if anyone ha- has anyone seen any of these or just been like, uh, I remember I, the, I, I remember the name, but no, I I uh, I seen the first two. I I stopped after part two. Yeah, part two. I kind of had some slight fun with that just because Henry Rollins just seemed all coked up and Daniela Alonzo, who should be a bigger screen queen, but it's just always just kind of been a B-movie actress who was on TV shows like Revolution and a few other horror film sequels. Uh, 
Yeah, she was also in uh, The Hills of Eyes, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, she's one of the fellow Marines in that. And yeah, she she's not as big as Jamie Bernadette or Tiffany Shepard, but she's kind of getting there where she's kind of the go-to B-movie actress. Yeah, I, she was also, I, I remember she was also in uh, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> wow, there, there's some. There's a title I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> he dies like a very outrageous death. But then again, that one is kind of like tells from the hood, but on weed, and it's right. Yeah, it's, she's always a reliable actress, but not as big. But yeah, I mean, probably the most fun you're gonna have out of this whole franchise is when they get to like part four or five, and uh, Doug Bradley shows up, and I kid you not, he stares deadpan at the camera and hams it the fuck out. He he does not care. He's just going for it, and he's literally the best part. But it's not worth a drag if you're going to just want to fast forward through the rest of the bullshit just to see that. So if it's on YouTube, go for it. If not, you're not missing anything. I mean, right. <laughs> just, just such a shame, though, because it could be fu- really more fun. Like, it could be outrageous gore and just bizarre like warlock or could have just gone some other way and just such a shame i i I don't know what else to say that's missing in it and that it's just either too predictable or just too much wasted space just too much dead space that no pun intended there's just (laughs) a lot lot of a lot of moments where it's like okay something else has to be going on here for us to really get involved before we just say meh and turn it off so is there, a spe- is there a specific moment for you after the second one where, pun intended, it takes the wrong turn? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but on that note, uh, when I interviewed Tony uh, Giglio, who did the uh, – he's a very talented action horror director. He did the this one movie, uh, and in Mexico, it was – he got really pissed off when he found out it was titled as – uh, wrong turn free he's like what the fuck it's not even the same company <laughs> and and so he, he just jokes and shrugs his shoulders uh the movie was called timber falls definitely it, not even like, close <laughs> yeah no and uh it's actually a good one if you like uh 2009's uh triangle or uh fuck i can't speak today uh the other one thank god for editing uh uh <laughs> the one with michael fassbender from 2008 that's a good one um i got imdb thank god uh no internet don't you quit on me (laughs) (laughs) speak a lot okay uh it's not dead okay 2008 he was in not blood creek it was eden lake that's the one i'm surprised that didn't spawn a dozen sequels but yeah eden lake and timber falls are definitely what wrong turns should have been like and uh, just that perfect mix. I mean, even uh, Blood Creek by Joel Schumacher, I think, is a better version of this kind of story. Just this whole just people going to cabins or in the woods and just finding more trouble than anyone could have anticipated. And, you know, just Hitcher level, just, you know, being stalked by unknown killers and cannibals and other assholes who hunt for sport. <laughs> but because the buildup's not effective in any of these and the fun, moments are just too far and in between it's just that's a horror franchise that should have been bigger than it actually ended up being so i'll pass the torch to johnny johnny boy yeah so the the one i the franchise i looked at actually came in with 
a huge bang and it really changed. It is a sci-fi horror franchise. It really changed a lot when it came out. Uh, for me, it's actually the Alien franchise, which I know might sound mm-hmm. odd, but Alien 1, I thought, was perfection when it came to sci-fi horror. I mean, it defined sci-fi horror at you know from that point on, and it was one of the first times there was an alien that didn't just look like a dude in a suit. It looked like a legit, like, scary creature. It wasn't something that was bipedal. It wasn't a robot. It was something, you know, H.R. Geiger's designs were ridiculously awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere of it on the ship and the acting and every, it was such so well put together. And the sequel, not so much horror as action maybe for some people, but a fantastic movie. And then the third one came out, mm-hmm. which is a very divisive film. And I, you know, I don't blame David Fincher for it, but I think that's really the one that kind of like started to tank the series personally for me. It kind of divided us from there. And that was yeah. years before we had AVP and, uh, yeah. you know, the Prometheus ones. So I was it, actually just writing about the top 10 James Cameron <laughs> action films. And I even just flat out said in my piece, James should have just stuck with the franchise. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I agree, you know. I, I, I laugh because... Um... Alien 3 is actually my favorite of the franchise. <laughs> it's well, an interesting diehard in a and prison premise. Yeah, uh, I was just saying, it, it, and I don't mind that. You know, there are the people that like half, it a lot. But. I'll, I'll, do you, I'll do you guys one of bigger solids. The second half is kind of more interesting than the first half. Would, that, yes. would you say that's more accurate? Cause uh, like, I, when she yeah. finds out that the, that the alien survived with them, I agree. I Then from that point on, because the first part of it doesn't really feel like an alien movie, because you kind of like we, the audience, know something's going on and that it's there, but she really doesn't yet. The first and, part is the studio interference, and the second part is then just all the frills and chills yeah. that you wanted to see. And I like how it becomes a prison movie without being like an exploitive, you know, kind of drive-in movie. Uh, yeah, and I, and I like that they were trying to go back to the more claustrophobic horror feel of the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I, I like the, the, that aspect of it. I just... And the I whole... Like, Go the ahead, whole chase—I'm sorry—but the whole chase scene at the end, where they're trying to trap the alien, and yeah. they're like, they did like the whole like that's that's probably my my favorite. That and um, the big uh, the big speech moment where, where Ripley and Dylan deliver the speech to the to the prisoners is uh, yeah, probably that's, that's my good. my favorite moment. In the very movie. well spoken, very unexpected yeah. ending. Yep. Uh, the visual effects—I will—I'll I'll build on Rob's point. I actually think the visual effects are really probably the best here. I love the use of stop motion mm-hmm. yep. mixed with very limited CGI. Um, and actually all that, it's funny because I say I don't really care for it and it's not that I don't appreciate a lot, lots of parts of it. Like I love how it, how it also like is the first time you notice that the, like the alien when it uses the dog as a host takes on dog-like characteristics. I did not it, expect that part. Yeah. It really starts to build more of the lore of the alien creature. But after this one, you know, the end was a shocking surprise, and then after this one, they didn't. It seemed like they just didn't know where to go, and they're like, "Well, let's jump 200 years in the future to the one that really." There's parts of, again, the, the uh, Alien Four. I I like parts of. I like Brad Dourif's Creepo. I like the yeah, entire. I like, I w- you could do a whole movie around the entire douchebag mercenary crew. Yeah, but you know, Gary it's like it's, it, it's like the, it, the, three like <laughs> three like puts them in this corner. Where they're like, okay, we killed Ripley. Shit, now what do we do? Oh, let's just flash 200 years from now and have her be cloned. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think that for me was kind of an issue. Uh, I, I don't know. You, you come off the high of the first two, 
And it's like I said, it's not that three was fundamentally just a horribly flawed movie. It just didn't really do it for me. And I don't know if it was because it might I was expecting better. something along the same lo- level and lines of the original two. They, they should have just offered Michael being the world. Just said, hey, you already told us to go fuck ourselves over the phone. But so that, seriously, that was, we Well, need that was kind of my biggest part, too. <laughs> that was kind of my biggest problem with it is at the end of two, at the end of two you have some survivors. You have her, you have Newt, and you have him. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's a person on this planet that's an alien fan that wanted to find out that Newt and him are dead in the third one. Like, Maybe. I mean, there's part of me that I, like, I have a way that this could be like not retconned and still kind of fixed. But yeah, I, I just think that I they think should've... that's what Neil Blancom, that's what the dailies he showed that Kyle was still alive or something or thought dead yeah. when he did the pitch meeting. Yeah, I don't know well, if that I... project is dead for good. Well, so what you could do, like, Probably. so first, first off, the the original Alien Three script was a William Gibson script that they didn't yeah. use. There's still which, some cyberpunk influence. I mean, Alien yeah. was already pretty cyberpunk in terms of its design. And the yeah. Suits. Yeah, and I'd love to read the script. I haven't. I, I know it's out there. I haven't gotten it yet to read it. But Gibson's have you seen like, the, one of my favorite writers? Have so. you seen the studio cut on that giant Blu-ray set? No, not yet. I haven't. It's, I don't have the giant. I don't have the giant Blu-ray set yet. <laughs> Well, I think it was. Also I have TV the movies. Set. I just don't have that. Um, it's worth a watch. Yeah, my thing. So, like, I look at it as I. I would never say to completely retcon the the prison planet idea, but I would kind of make an, another movie now that fits between, like, near the end of the second one, or at the end of the second one, midway through to this one, and base it off the Alien Isolation video game story idea. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, are you guys familiar with that at all? Uh, I'm familiar with some of the comics, and I definitely have seen some of the gameplay of the Colonial Marines game that was lampooned, but yeah, I didn't so think I, it looked I, that bad. Isolation uh, is fantastic, and it, okay. it revolves around Ripley's daughter, and mm. the company says, we found the flight data recorder from the Nostromo. We want you to go retrieve it, right? So this takes place prior to the second movie. What I would do is alter the storyline a little bit, have it take place between the two, and then have her go to the prison planet because they say that the ship crashed there. And mid maybe midway through, you know, or she or she finds the not the prison planet shit, the ship they were on. Like I, I have I have a way to like interact and like move this into remaking the third one, keeping it on the prison planet, and midway through she shows up there and sees what's going on and finally finds her ma. I would be game for that. Or and then you could still and then you could so what I would do too is because they were in they were in hibernation right. Yeah. So I would say get the original actors back that played her, get her, get Michael Bain, and if possible, even get the girl that played Newt back. Have it take place 15 years down the road. Like there was a malfunction on the ship because of what the alien like caught. Uh huh. And they wake up 15 years later and Newt's like bigger and everyone's a little older. And I think that would be enough time span where you could say, okay, the actors can still play the parts. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. 
So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts... Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes. the Google Play, yes. Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, ah, 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 all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well. <laughs> you. <laughs> don't run the listeners away, Peach. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Down, 
Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby Pair it with a couple brews, baby We love your movies, we love the bad ones too So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you Oh yeah Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one life's plot holes and gratuitous It's time to get busy With your friend Steven Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com We now continue with our program I'm down I'm actually surprised they never did and I would even keep the I would even keep the ending of three or the quote unquote new three the same, because then you don't retcon four and anything else that comes after it like comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of three, you have her her daughter be the survivor and maybe inside of that, yeah, cross it over somehow with maybe even Terminator or some other full franchise. Apparently, well, according... Predator Predator is always the one that's in the same universe, right? Uh, yeah. That as well and as so the, is Blade Runner. Uh, I was about to say that. Apparently, the Blu-ray extras on Prometheus said it was in the same universe, so I was just about yeah. to say that. I was like, yeah, you might as well have some Deckard agency in there. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, so I think I think there's a way to, like... Well, oh, in the original not script for, the whole third one, but yeah. Yeah, the, and given that the Bannon connection in H.R. Jagger designs, apparently uh, Species 2's original script had made mention of one of the alien planets. I'm surprised they never... It's correct. It did. Yep. I remember. Uh, had it that been up. had it been less lowbrow, and I, I could have totally gone for a Sill versus Predator mm-hmm. versus Alien. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess my problem is that I mean, clearly something went astray between three and four. You just had a studio that after didn't. Four, I mean, four was nineteen ninety seven or eight, and we haven't had. We've had Alien versus Predator, which okay, it was fun watching a Predator throw an alien off of a column in an ancient pyramid. What well, story wasn't quite there. <laughs> Right. They were Godzilla movies. They weren't 
the studio yeah. didn't know what made the franchise work. They just thought, hey, people are here just for the shocks and gore. And it's like, no. It's like the studio, it. they're sitting around going, hey, the, these, these Dark Horse Alien vs. Uh, Predator comics are doing pretty well. Let's make a movie based off it. Anybody read it? No? Eh, we don't need to. Uh, I, I would pay to even have a Star <laughs> Trek or Babylon 5 crossover episode. Hell. <laughs> totally yeah, I mean, different you, I tone. Mean, <laughs> I mean, you could, right? Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, I mean, that, that's for me, that's one of the, it's one of the, my, one of the first movies I saw one that's like a horror sci-fi movie that was actually really intense. Like, I'd seen yeah. stuff from the 50s and the 60s. I mean, and realistically, like, even 2001 Space Odyssey is kind of a horror movie. You have a computer trying to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe but parts of one, Forbidden Planet, even. Yeah, it's, yeah, Forbidden it, Planet. I mean, but it doesn't, it didn't have, like, the bad guys never looked that intimidating. No. That's scary. And then this came out, yeah. you know, with the saliva and everything and the, the, the slime and it, it, ugh, the mucus that and, and all Star that. Wars. so good. Yeah, that and Star Wars definitely made 50s B-movie premises still marketable in today's world, and no one yeah. seems to get that. Yeah, so I mean, that, that that's the one I'd like to see, like, like I said, re, re, don't retcon that they're on a prison planet, just, I hate saying the phrase remake it. The real but alien re, but resurrection. Just it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call, you know, make the, make the, make another one called Isolation based off what based off the name of the game and the concept of her daughter and then instead of saying alien three have it called like alien reunion or something yeah. and she ends up at the prison planet i'm game i'm totally game now i just need a few billion dollars to buy the franchise <laughs> don't let you have it damn in disney yeah so i don't know what franchise rob wants to buy i definitely want to buy the whole star trek franchise and give a big middle finger to paramount to be fair, I had two other ones I thought about doing instead of this that would have been probably easier and less expensive. Well, hell. Okay, I'll pass the torch to Robbie. Yeah. Robbie the robot in Takora. <laughs> you keep calling me Robbie, we won't have a fight. <laughs> oh, okay, shit, I forgot. Okay, go ahead and call me Cam and get it over. <laughs> no, it's all good, it's all good. Um, uh, if we're going to horror franchises, I... Uh, I nominate uh, the Hatchet franchise. I kind of got a, a a love hate relationship. I mean, maybe hate is a strong word. Um, uh, don't care for. Just say. I, I, the the first one, I I it was really it was really good to me. I I really loved the original Hatchet. Like it was such a kind of breath of fresh air, if you will. Like you know, it was kind of like that old school like. Uh, you know, American slasher film, you know. Like the late had, 70s, early 80s kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the stuff you, you'd watch in the 80s. But like, like Maniac. You know, yeah, you know, with the, with that, just that, it just out of control gore, and uh-huh. it, I, I really, I, I really enjoyed that one. Although, I, I, I did hate the abrupt ending of it. Like, everything preceding that was just, you know, fantastic. Um, uh, I, I thought Adam Green did, did it really great job you know coming up with this uh this this little you know nuance uh new age slasher classic if you will um the the problem i have is that the sequels never really lived up to what the original did like oh damn it, it's like um i know like when hatchet 2 came out like it was like oh my god like you know 
in the horror community, it was like so big, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, Hatcher 2, Hatcher 2. And then like, you know, you had the whole controversy where it was going to be released in theaters and rated. And then uh, after like, I think like a week or a week, even a weekend, they pulled it from theaters after people complained like, hey, you can't oh, for God's sake. releasing, yeah, like you can't be releasing <laughs> unrated movies uh, in theaters. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And the, and, uh, the releasing company was like, oh, okay. And, and they pulled it. And, you oh know, God. so, like, they, that created, a, like, a lot of, you know, a, a big deal controversy of it. But then, like, you finally watch the movie, and it's like, eh? This was not worth crying spilled milk. Yeah, over. like, I mean, like, no, like, the violence is hardcore, but then it's like... It's, people go to a Final Destination. I've seen people take their five-year-old to saw, for fuck's sake. So it's like, oh, hypocrites. yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know and it's, it's hard for me to ever like i say i'm like i'd never let my kid do that then i'm like well when did i see alien and when did i see friday the 13th yeah. let's see i'm 42 those came out in the late 70s early 80s i saw them when i was like five shit right <laughs> like I, I, I i remember telling cameron that uh um i remember my parents uh when we see movies and they have like a like a, a love scene in it and like if they show nudity like they go hey you cover your eyes you can't see this but i was allowed to watch <laughs> You can see the I was allowed to watch, right? I was allowed to watch like RoboCop at six years old, like Free of Will. That's not oh, and, how br- and, and, and how brutal is that when they when they uh, shoot up Peter Weller in the beginning of that movie too? Oh. <laughs> Peter, Peter, that's blowing that's limbs Peter. off and shit. Peter Weller gets killed. Like it's funny too because you have the 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 evisceration of of Kenny by uh, Ed two hundred nine in the boardroom before that yeah and still right, right. P- Peter Weller's death in RoboCop is like the, the like the worst <laughs> like nobody gets killed worse than Peter Weller gets killed in RoboCop like I actually gets- know the guy who plays Kenny he's ha- here in Dallas really yeah he's had like a recurring role on Seinfeld and been in a few other indies and short films and just cool funny guy and he he jokes on his bio is like most people didn't see much of me, no pun intended, because, you know, the movie was really rated R, and you see more of me in the unrated. <laughs> yeah. Right, like, the, the, the unrated is even more hilarious. That's like, the one that's like, on Amazon Prime, apparently. Is it right, really? like, wow. it, it, the funny thing is, like, the, the, the theatrical cut is just, like, so shocking, but <laughs> the director's cut just kind of, like, takes it too far to the point where it's actually hilarious now. Like, <laughs> yeah. With, like, yeah. It's, just over, it's just over the top. Like, 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 as the guy is trying to pull the plug, like, he just keeps shooting Kenny. And, like, he's oh, just like, it's just so fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. Just, I'm thinking about it now, and I just It's going for Verhoeven. I mean, it's not out of line with his. I'm, I'm right, right, right. Like, like, uh, um. Total Recall's about. hysterical, and it's got lots yeah. of horrifying shit. People's heads right. blowing up. Like, <laughs> funny story about Verhoeven, um. Kurtwood Smith said that he improvised the part where um, Clarence Boddicker spits the blood on the form. <laughs> and, and, and he said that he believes Paul Verhoeven let him get away with that just because he spits blood. Like, oh, blood, great. Go ahead. You can, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, man. Those but, guys, uh, that whole cast should have been in more horror movies. Hell. It's funny how, like, you were saying how, like, it's, like, over the top with the gore, because, like, that's what, like, the Evil Dead, Evil Dead was known for, right? Like, the first mm-hmm. two, the model, and then the show came out, and they're like, yeah, every episode, we're just trying to see who gets doused the most. Right. <laughs> so I was like, we know it's campy and corny, 
we're going to do it just because of that and try to keep going. And that's another point following up to that and ratcheting it back to Hatchet. There are so many people, it's like, they're just ignorant. It's like, you do know what you're watching, right? I mean, is the cover not a giveaway? And right. I unfortunately... I unfortunately haven't seen the Hatchet trilogy. I saw Victor Crowley. More on that later. Uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen it either. Uh, all, all I knew is that you know, it was Kane, yeah. All I knew is it was <laughs> Kane Hodder's comeback. Tony Todd had a hysterical cameo where he dies, and it was just one of the biggest low-budget, you know, independently produced horror movies. And you know, again, like you say, you summed up how it was a cool throwback. And I saw Victor Crowley, and I was like, I've heard great things about this franchise, but I'll be damned if that's a movie I would ever see. It, it was just a rough sit. I didn't like it at all. Well, Robert England's in it, so I mean, right? Well, Hatchet um, at least. So you know, the, the, the funny thing is, uh, like, like I said, Hatchet Two is just like the, the the problem. The main problem with Hatchet Two is just that the first half of the movie is like nothing happens. Like it's a real fucking slog to sit through the first half. Oh, you know, like it's 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 almost like he tried to do an Expendables of Horror because he has. I mean, obviously Kane Hodder as the main. But he also has, you know, Tony Todd. He has uh, Ari Milahoff from Leatherface, Sex Exchange on Massacre 3. He has Colin <laughs> in it. He has Daniel Harris. So you got all these hard personalities in it. But for like the first, uh, I'll say 40 minutes, it's just so fucking dull. And it's, yeah, just it's like not as bad as Crowley is. Yeah, right? you just Because Crowley was so- just stupid jokes. And I was just like, this isn't funny. The, the funny thing is that Crowley is probably the best of the 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 hatchet sequels because hatchet oh, 3 really? is slightly better than hatchet 2 but like not so much like it got zach galligan in it galligan in it it got uh, caroline <laughs> williams in it you know say and caroline williams you know of course she's she's you know she's a fucking saint i love caroline williams mm. um you know you could stretch from texture change from magic too how could you not love her <laughs> and uh, she, she she she's great in it. She's she's absolutely great in it. But she's kind of like uh, the best thing about it because you have Daniel Harris in it. But Daniel Harris is kind of like almost sidelined for like most of it. And it's like, eh, but it's like it's all right. But and then you get to Victor Crowley. I actually saw Victor Crowley in theaters. Um, and uh, it was um, it was fine. I I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was probably the best of the sequels. Damn, and um, <laughs> but like yeah, like it's it, the series never reaches the heights that the original Hatchet did. Like you know, you have Joel David Moore who's great. You have Dion Richman. You have uh, Joe Murray, and like oh, you know, shit. they're not horror icons, but they lend like you know this kind of like you know comedic energy to it that just makes it enjoyable. You know, same when, when like you know to to you know compensate for like the, the out of control gore. Like when when he rips the the lady's head in half by grab by splitting her jaw open, that's like just like that's just so you know like I'm a gore hound and that's just so fucking beautiful to watch uh, something like that. That's fucking awesome. Oh speaking yeah, absolutely. Of, speaking of jaw ripping action, do you think they'll ever reboot the Wishmaster franchise, which has an awesome jaw ripping? I'm surprised sequence. they haven't. Andrew Devoff, really another another, another name that I have not. I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi talking to you, too. I'm like, that is a name I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> we we talk like, about it a lot. I, remember, I vaguely a... remember it. I mean, I remember those being pretty good. I, I'm yeah, a big like... fan, much like uh, Daniel is a huge Jeffrey Combs fans, and uh, Candy is a big uh, Tom Savini fan. I, I, I live and die by the sword that is Andrew Devoff. 
Yeah, like yeah, me, me, me and Cameron are big uh, Wishmaster fans. Well, I, I, I don't know how much a fan of you of Cam is of uh, the entire series. I know I, I love, absolutely love the first one, and I like the second ones. You know, a the bit second one does fall victim to like some lower budget and kind yeah, of schlock, questionable the, edits, but it, the, it's kind of the fun. budget. Yeah, the budget is what does that movie in. And then uh, three I, and four I, are I, fun to make fun of. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you can make fun of them all you want, but I refuse to talk about the fucking cancer that is uh, Wishmaster three and four. Like, <laughs> like how how dare you replace Andrew Devolf with this guy that looks like fucking uh, Jameson Parker's malnourished little brother? You know, it's just yeah, like, and makes oh noises oh 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 my god. I, he has I'm a cool sword fight, but it's uh, undone because basically it become it goes all he got the I kid you not like the Wishmaster was already kind of like the Terminator in the first one, but he mm-hmm. goes full blown like T one thousand warlock at the very end, and it's just because they're like, hey, let's just redo every other horror movie, let alone the first one, and part four is a real big slog. It's just kind of fun to make fun of, just because it just feels like a softcore Lifetime movie that somehow became a sequel didn't the first one have uh ted Raimi in it for all of like 10 minutes till he gets mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yeah, ted, 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 yeah ted, ted Raimi was in a like in it for like literally like fucking 10 15 seconds yeah i was gonna say uh, i'm like I, I i'm like like i said i vaguely remember this one because i mean i saw it back shit man i was like i was just i was just out of high school when these were coming out so I would be sitting in my room at home after I got off work at service merchandise and dropped by a blockbuster <laughs> or something, and I'd be up late like watching these while I was playing Quake Two. Oh shit! <laughs> so, that has to I, be. I, I remember when um, Wishmaster came out. Uh, I, I I was dying to go see it. Like you know, what I'm saying I was you know just oh I gotta see Wishmaster. I gotta see Wishmaster. It was a but very cool go- concept. And I right, and I should review it on your show. I couldn't go see it because I was kind of forced to go to my cousin's birthday party, and I love my cousins. But like, I was sitting there, (laughs) kind of like, (laughs) like I was just sitting there, kind of bummed the whole party because it was like I could be sitting here fucking watching Wishmaster right now, but no, I'm fucking here. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And everybody's like, "What's wrong, Rob? What's wrong? Nothing, nothing." In all my mind, but <laughs> so my whole time I'm there, I'm sitting there like, fuck. I could be watching Wishmaster, but I'm sitting, I'm looking at you, fucking pricks. Oh man, you know, <laughs> damn. <laughs> well, hell, Andrew Dubov's in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is one of the Russians. Wanted to be all kind of funny. Had they crossed it over and had him play a similar like Egyptian god who taunts Indy the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Would have made it a little more exciting. Uh, it would have uh, been way better. <laughs> I, I, what mm-hmm. made this, what made the Wishmaster concept so great, is that, like, realistically, like, other than like Aladdin, I mean, anything you've ever read with a genie, they are kind of shifty, right? Like, oh, even hell. I dream, yeah. even I dream a genie. Dream it was a genie. Like, it was always like, hey, well, here's your wish. Oh, you wanted that? You know, it was, it, they made sure to be very literal to really kind of screw the people anyway. So they right. were, so they're always, they've always been kind of like not evil per se, but they've always been kind of like, mm, you're like a step away. That and the mummy so this, definitely this was, got this me was, into Egyptian folklore. It's, yeah. it's the whole, it's the whole, uh, the monkey's paw concept. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Careful what yeah, you wish like, for. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic absolutely. Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wish that all these franchises in a perfect world before Corona get re- rehashed. <laughs> uh, there you go. The gin makes everybody get infected with the Corona and someone else has to play his game if they want to deactivate the virus, so to speak. Probably have to wait a year or two after the event. I know. It'd be too uh, fucking soon. Or even out. I would get depressed watching it. But, uh, I mean, uh, Devoff has teased the fifth movie. And, you know, Kurtzman, uh, bless Kurtzman's heart, you know, Robert Kurtzman has just been, you know, doing so much action and horror movie direction, so much makeup and has his own effects company that, you know, provides effects for everything from Armory to Darkness to Walking Dead. I can just, after seeing Kurtzman explode on Facebook, how he's giving it up and sticking with Instagram, I can just tell that he's just not only fed up with negativity in life, but just how, you know, cynical the uh, just movie world kind of is just the whole the frustration of pitching ideas and getting them rejected and i do feel like he got betrayed and really shafted on that franchise he should have you know i mean because sam raimi got him the gig in the first place he said in one interview so he should have said hey sam can you you know tell these guys to stop shafting us and give us more money for another movie (laughs) yeah yeah something because I know that's pretty much the only way you'll get Kurt uh, Devoff to come up, come back, because he had a cool concept. I, I'm sure you've read about what he wanted for part three. Nah, what was it? So he he said in like three different interviews around 2016 to 2018 on how, you know, Wishmaster 2 came out in 99. He had a concept for another part three where he was talking about the turn of the millennium and how there'd be some kooky time travel and just how the world goes to hell in a handbasket on new year's eve and the gen is just having too much fun and he wrote the script himself and everything and they they wanted nothing to do with it so doff was like okay right fuck you guys then <laughs> and that's why they went and shot those in vancouver for the longest time i thought those were actually sci-fi channel movies because they played you know parts two for four endlessly <laughs> yeah very rarely for whatever reason did I'm surprised they didn't play the first one that much, except I'm very, very late in the evening or very rare on a Saturday. Cause I guess it's just cause it was really hard to edit it, which yeah. is weird. Cause they had no problem airing all these uncut, you know, shark movies and the leprechauns. So I was like, what's the problem? <laughs> I kind of thought they just couldn't afford the, the, the rights to air the first one that often. Probably that too. It did make a shit ton of money. So, uh, man, that fucking shark movie. Oh God. Yeah, yeah they, I used to, I, I, there was a lot of things for a while on the Sci-Fi Channel. I was like, "Oh, it's pretty good." Then they, then they, so, then that took off, and everything else went by the wayside. And I was just like, oh, "Much, God. much like Fox, they forgot what made it fun." And yeah. doing an intentionally bad movie just—it's just not fun. I'm sorry. I, I'm doing just, one intentionally bad movie is fun. Doing what was it five? Yeah, it's like, like telling the same five or six. Yeah, right. Tell the same bad joke. 500 different times yeah i'm looking at my watch by then and already out the door of the comedy club um but no i think the gin should have totally it was both i mean Lionsgate owned that warlock and leprechaun i would have liked a versus movie from any of those guys that would have been perfectly in line with the camp i was just thinking that they owned Candyman around the third chapter i wouldn't have seen candy you know fighting anybody but 
uh, Kurtzman apparently does have in his office a realistic-looking Photoshop of Candyman versus Wishmaster, and DeVoffis talked about it at various conventions since 2013. I'm like, shit, yeah. That's the versus match movie I would see opening day. I don't care. If it, I don't care if it was a misfire. I would see it. I would laugh. I would have fun. Yeah, whether it was good or bad, that's a whole different story. But you can't blame him for just going for it. Everyone else, you kind of got the pressure to it to in, in Wishmaster anyway. When like, uh, yeah, the, he fights Candyman. <laughs> yeah, the Devolf has his like little face off with uh, Tony Todd. And it is a great yeah. scene. He's like, yeah, it, there it, it, is no, absolutely a great scene. There is no John Valentine on the list. You're out of here. And I just like how he's almost is kind of playing the Candyman in a way because I mean, uh, I mean, hell, Freddy Krueger's in this. You know, Robert Englund. Yep. Why? And it was yep. shot by the cinematographer. Of the uh, uh, the first two movies were shot by the cinematographer of the Nightmare movies. Why? Why wasn't there a Freddy versus you know Wishmaster? It would have been better in Freddy vs. Jason. Oh mm-hmm. man, <laughs> I wasn't. So I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of those. I, I just. I, I I liked it the first time I saw it. It has not held up over the years. Yeah, that makes like sense. I thought. It, I thought it was I kind of fun the first the time fights, around. But so, okay. Yeah, that's 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 his, that's its problem. Like it was fun the first time you watch it, but then it's like, I mean, the the initial thrill of seeing the two of them together on screen, and then it's like, okay, you know what else what else you got and then it's like everybody's <laughs> like oh my god uh i want freddy versus jason 2 and i'm like why what, and then when what? you no go ahead i was just saying then when you actually like sit back and think about like how odd it is that they manage to fight each other anyway because one lives one generally lives in the dream world and you know like it's like how did these two even like like even the movie i know how i know the movie brings them together but you're like eh. Well, at least it was fun to watch. Yeah. Now I, I mean, they could they could have made a they could have made a buddy picture and had the two of them just wreaking havoc somewhere. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind that. Like I would have. Right. Like they're like, oh my god, we escaped that Jason guy. Thank God. And then like one of them dozes off, and you see like Freddy's claw come through. That I think that would have been that would have been a gore fest for one. That would have been that, interesting. That been, yeah. I'm surprised like, they didn't take on the Maniac Cop or some other. Oh, oh God! Talk about series. Talk about series that need to come back. Yeah. I just talked about that yesterday. They're still we, supposedly we remaking the it, but I'm well, not we really talk, keen on it. Yeah. That's what we heard. I heard yesterday from this uh, my my co-host on the show. He um, we talked about the movie Maniac last night, and I had said Maniac Cop. We talked about Maniac Cop a little bit, and I'm like, God, I want to see. I didn't know they had a remake in the works. I'm like, they need Bruce Campbell back just in another role. Where he's like a police, like the 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 captain, like just like uh, some little cameo role where he's like the captain of the police department or something. He might do it if Sam or somebody tells him to do it. He doesn't seem to have fond memories of that movie, despite no, being he recognized for it. But uh, I mean, this pretty much just goes back to our initial points. Until the studios stop acting like these are just circus freaks, you know, with the cameras turned on and treated mm. with respect. I mean, uh, I mean. Lionsgate definitely respects its customers in a way because they've just always been conquering the various markets and uh, you're just filling butts in seats or on the video store. So, I mean, there's plenty of other companies like Magnets pretty much acknowledge the success of the Hatchet and has been doing a bunch of other kind of unpredictable stuff, some of which you kind of see on sites like Shudder. So, Mm -hmm. 
I think there's good around the corner, but it's going to really just take someone who's already has lots of skin in the game. We already lost Wes Craven, so Sam Raimi's definitely the closest we got to someone who can make cult movies happen. Yeah. Because he understands the balance between camp, fun, and horror. And he's he's pretty much the Spielberg Scorsese of the horror world, and he's just always had success with it and knowing how to talk the talk. I mean, he got... And he still res- door. Yeah, he still respects like the horror community, like right, like th- like you know, considering the fact that so many horror directors, once they they got out of horror, they never look back, mm-hmm. and like so some of them always take a step back into horror because like you know they need a little relevancy to to, to their name or their career, like when he whenever he gets the chance, he always tries to you know give the horror community something because he knows like you know that this this is where you know it's his roots. He, right this is where he got his start at and like he you know I, I even admittedly he he even admitted that you know he was never really that big a fan of horror movies when he first started out he was more of a comedy guy but mm-hmm. you know he's he's grown to love the horror genre as a whole you know what i'm saying so he always like i mean he didn't have to do drag me to hell but he no. wanted to because he wanted to get back to his horror roots you know well, he yeah. wanted you know, it I didn't mean, help it, that it got over marketed. Everyone was going in expecting something serious. Is like, no, right? I'm going to I mean, camp. I, I, well, I, I mean, remember, I remember a buddy of mine. He he saw it. He was mad because it was like it was overtly comedic. I'm like, dude, this is the Sam Raimi we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, Evil Dead, man, Evil Dead, the TV series. I mean, he's not your serious horror. I mean, what you said basically. He he has fun with it. It's not like. Yeah. Yeah, but you were just saying, sorry. <laughs> what you said no, made perfect no. sense, and then in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, and I, I said almost exactly the same thing, and it would have been pointless. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's conquered drama with a simple plan. He, I mean, Oh, my God, I the, love a simple plan. And the gift, is, I always thought, was un, under overlooked. Uh, yeah. And everyone blamed him for the failure of Spider-Man 3. Is like, no, Sony went in there and muckied around. He did yeah, what he Sony, could. Sony's like, here, put five villains on a movie, or four, three or four villains on the same movie. Yeah. Sony got greedy, and they induced me. Sony definitely got greedy. Like, you know. I mean, at that's, least that's Disney... At least Disney didn't try and hide it and just bought everybody. I mean, right. That's their excuse. Don't get me wrong. I've, we got plenty of anti-Disney talk on this show, but I just mean, and just uh, at least the best oh, thing about a bullshitter is when you just get to the point and just say, "Yeah, I'm fucking with I, you." You know, I could do a whole, I could do a whole anti-Disney episode with you, Cam. <laughs> oh, dude, we. I kid you not. Um, guest on the show, Jonathan Mark of the Action Elite. Uh, yeah, we, we we talked at the beginning on how his brother flat out gave up Facebook because we're in a campy group called the Film Anti-Preservation. Uh, just, mm-hmm. it's just very campy talking about movies that probably shouldn't be or just infamous films that to make fun of and someone had a funny article on disney and this one gal just flat out just started going off on temper tantrums on everyone why do we have so much anti-disney stuff i'm like oh my god you're so brainwashed just have right. fun and there's that, gonna be a, an opinion that you don't agree with here that's that's the that's the perfect uh analogy to it is the the perfect terminology i mean 
is brainwashed. It's like, you know, Disney can do no wrong. And it's we just, talked about like, it in episode one, hell. <laughs> right. I, matter of fact, we did. We did. With Marvel, yeah. it's like untouchable. They're always good and DC sucks. Yeah, like, they, they've never made up. Like, I literally saw that, uh, I think, Screen Rant posted an article where they said that, you know, oh, how uh, Marvel has never made a bad movie. Bullshit. Kidding me? Screen Rant is full of shit. So is yes. Joe Screen Blow. And, it is full of shit. I mean, uh, here's the here's the thing for me. Like my family. <laughs> <laughs> the thing for me is generally my family likes most. Like I have kids, they love Disney shit, and I don't mind most of it. But I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say, oh, they don't do anything wrong. Fuck yes, they do. They've made some horrible shit the last mm-hmm. forty years. They almost tried to kill I mean, someone's career when this one female uh, reviewer left a negative review of Tron. And everyone's like, well, how can you hate Tron? I'm like, well, you don't get it. It was a cult movie. It, yeah. And at that time, to be threatened to end your career, that's just, no. Nothing can make up for that. Do not yeah. threaten people no, with career and suicide. And, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I take the good with the bad because they do have some franchises I like and all. And especially now, they own Fox, and I just saw about Alien. So, I, you know, I'm, ho- <laughs> I'm hopeful. But, but, but I look at it like, it's like with Star Wars, right? Everyone hates the, well, not everyone, but a lot of people hated a lot of the new movies. Fine. It's, I, I don't everyone has their opinion that's fine you hate them whatever but after being a star wars fan from the big like from as long as i can remember and seeing george lucas not only run that franchise into the ground but his own company that made great video games and shit to where they were in like nothing i was kind of like yeah you know at least disney's gonna give me something might not be what i want exactly but it's something but they do plenty of shit wrong to me the for me, the, the best Marvel movie they did is still Iron Man, and that's, what, 15 years old now? Uh, in a better universe, George would have allowed Disney to buy the franchise, but only if he had creative control and just hired people who he saw eye-to-eye with and slapped some sense into Spielberg and said, yes, fuck with my franchise. Make a good Star Wars movie. Yeah, that's the problem, though. George didn't believe in people fucking with his franchise. Cause by the, cause I, so I did a show called Jedi Fun Time, and we interviewed a bunch of people that were, like, extras or, like, worked on the sets and stuff and worked Fuck on the yeah. originals and prequels. Did you know these... Spielberg directed the opening of Revenge of the Sith? Uh, I did. All right. <laughs> but some of the guys we had on the show were saying how they were on the original movies and they were on the prequels. In the original movies, when they'd film, George would ask for input. He'd ask the cast what they thought, if there was something they thought might work differently or better. When it came to the prequels, he would not take any input. He wanted mm-hmm. nothing of it. He flat out told people, I this is my vision. I know what it needs to be. I know best. He got he got in fights to where um, Ewan McGregor threatened to walk off set. He's wow. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Obi Wan the way I want to play him, because like all the actors in those movies got really slammed right for their acting. Well, it's come out re- more recently that he was like, No, I want you to play the character this way, and the only one or two people that had like enough cred to be able to be like, no, F you, I'm playing it the way I want was Ewan McGregor. And like Sam Jackson, and oh, yeah. and they're and and they're the the best remembered characters. Like, exactly. That that's that's why I when when I people told me like oh like who do you think is like is a great actor I always point to Ewan McGregor. Oh, fantastic! Because, yep. Because Ewan McGregor, despite the material, it maintains such a level of dignity throughout the the the, the Star Wars prequels. He carried them. Right, on his like, shoulders, man. I mean, uh, like, hell, looking, looking at Natalie, my... Port, 
look at Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, you know, I think everybody could agree is like one of the best actresses of our generation. But she's yes. fucking horrible in those prequels. Yeah, and once I started finding out, so the problem is a lot of the like when they would tell us that kind of stuff, it wasn't always on our show. It was before we were recording or after because they don't. Right. They still they're still in the industry and they still work on these or you know it's a free Disney too before the buyout I think when we were doing it. So they still worked on things, right? So they're like, well, mm. but. Yeah, but part of it was Portman was told, no, you're playing it this way. You're playing yeah. it, you know, and it was just. Mm-hmm. George Lucas' yeah. Life is a book worth reading. And then one of the quotes he says, I don't know how to direct actors. And at the same time, people do vent frustration because, I mean, everything is green screen. So, my, yeah. I mean, just they pretty much have Harrison Ford's whole venting of, please tell us what to do because we don't know what to do. And yeah, he's right. just doing the whole, you're an actor, you should know. And it's like, no. It, it well, you're a director, this is your job. And the fact that he even says he's not, like, he's not good at it. And then later on, he's like, you're doing it my way. It's like, eh, you might have wanted to take some input. He should have told Ron Howard, get your head out of your ass and direct this whole trilogy. And I'm, cause, not, I'm not going to lie. The, the Ron Howard. Because he was supposed the, to. But, the Ron Howard solo movie. I mean, he had to reshoot so much of that movie and all that. If Ron Howard had control of that movie the whole time, that movie would have been damn good. Right. I actually, I actually thought it was fun. Like it wasn't a great movie. I thought it was a fun, like little heist movie. So I think Ron Howard did a a, a good job having to come from you know. I really like Rogue One the most because it's just like it's the war in Star Wars. The, the what I, what I, that... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. But that had reshoot problems also. Oh, I was, so, I was, I mean. What I was going to say was the thing that was nice about Solo was for a change it was a movie about that takes place in the in that universe. It doesn't really revolve around either side. Right. It shows what other people are doing, and it shows repercussions of what's going on in the universe. But it does. It's not heavy on force powers. It's not heavy on Sith. It's not heavy on the, any of that. So I, I kind of like that. That that I liked. I mean, they're kind of going that way now with Mandalorian. Fortunately, yeah, they're, agreed. They're, right. They're just being neutral. Is like, hey, you might hate I, all nine of these movies, but we reference them in some way because I mean, we're Star Wars and. We're, we're just we're talking about what we always talk about which is hey there's bounty hunters in this giant universe mm-hmm. and i am very sorry that i just steered this whole thing towards star wars but yes you guys are correct it, star wars would be better if it was a horror movie there you go let's there, well they could you could easily do one because like if you, played, if you read the comics and played the games there's plenty of sith lore the and games stuff are that's great. Like super evil so there's no reason you couldn't the, the funny thing you say that um i i follow david ayer on a uh, twitter and um twitter yeah he does following now love him yeah and uh he said that um if like somebody was like they want to see a star wars movie directed by david ayer and it's if he did one he would want to do a star wars like horror movie about like the the uh, the the monsters on hoth oh that'd be great Mm, like just completely about like them like you know fighting the like the ice monsters on hoth and i was like yes let's see that did you guys ever see the pre-disney um zombies stuff where it was like no. a, 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 a group of like a garrison of stormtroopers or something crashed on some planet and yeah they became like zombie-ish oh, it wow. was a pretty it was a pretty it was a com- i want to say it was a comic series it was pretty good from what i remember that's, that sounds, that oh, sounds what awesome. was the name of it i might have oh uh, was it star wars zombie it was is that part of the I, you know i'd universe- have to look it up. oh i'd have to look it i up think and- i know it, it's in star wars tells i think it might be. I'd have to look it up in um. Well, they that, made, they made was, like comics and stuff. They made a lot of great too. what if ones and other yeah. Ones I'd have to. Fun. I'd have to look it up again and, and message you what it was. Hell, I'd watch one about. Cool. 
I, hell, I'd watch one about Republic troopers going around. Now, obviously, we wouldn't have Training Day Street Kings dialogue, but that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think the Emperor is committing a crime. What's that Jedi doing in that chamber of his? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam Jackson yeah. even tells him, "Fuck off, man! You ain't got shit on my Jedi peeps." <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, he I was mean, actually supposed to be in Training Day, believe it or not. Him and Matt Damon. Wow, totally that would have been, been a totally different movie. Oh, that's yeah, the funny absolutely. part. Is same <laughs> that would have been, like, like a Die Hard movie. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, and this is what I'm realizing with all these horror films. is just everyone acts like it's just the materials. Like, it is also just the actors you cast, whether it's veterans of the genre like Vincent Price yeah. or whether it's just complete unknowns who just are totally just sinking their teeth into that. No pun intended. And, <laughs> I like that. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. But yeah, so, I agree. I, I do agree. Disney has not so, always been perfect, but yeah. So if uh, in a better world where there's less Disney interference, uh, just name one final horror franchise that you think we would all just love to see would actually make us get out of the house and Corona fearing, just go out and see it. <laughs> just you know, what what's one more horror franchise that needs some more love? That, I'm going to go, hmm. I'm going to go with sleepaway camp. Mm. Which was really, which really had a hell of a twist ending. Oh, yeah. And I'm surprised that one has not. I'm surprised those have not come back, to be honest. I have not seen part four. All I know is it's very low ranked. So, um, yeah. One was, I, one I, was I, good. One was good. Two, I want to say two and three Bruce Springsteen sisters who plays the lead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I thought was so bizarre when I found that out. I'm like, wow, really? I'm surprised there's no music by Bruce in the movie. Oh, I'm sure there's good reason there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the the first the first time I saw Sleepaway Camp, I was dating um, an older woman, and um, oh, hey. she she had seen it previously, so she was very aware of it, and she was like, "Just let hit me up and let me know when you get to the ending." <laughs> and, and, and I was sitting there like, "Okay." You know, and I'm like, this is good so far. It's good so far. And then I get to the ending, and it's like, oh my god, the crying game <laughs> ripped this off. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, crying game had nothing on Sleepaway Camp. Oh, absolutely not, absolutely <sighs> not. There wasn't even a throughout that entire movie of Sleepaway Camp. There wasn't even a hint of that being the end. No, no, it, it was re- it was really well, like re- I mean. For a movie with low budget, a low budget B horror movie, it was very well written, and the idea was. And I'm sure they fantastic. couldn't had even marketed that way just back then without oh, no. either giving it away or just with the you know, re- you know, prejudice towards oh, yeah, gays yeah. at that time. So, oh right, yeah. <sighs> so I mean, that would be interesting. If would it be just a semi reboot slash update, or would it just be like just a loose sequel slash installment? Yeah, I, I don't know. Kind of a I mean, I, and it's funny because I always mix up the first and second one because everyone's always like, "Oh, these new horror movies are so innovative and how they how they kill people." I'm like, "Dude, in Sleepaway Camp 2, she grills people. <laughs> <laughs> she has them chained to like a chain link fence and she puts yeah. them over a fire." I think it's second letter face. You got nothing on this. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm grilling you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were some innovative deaths in that. Um, you know, you can't. Really, I don't know if it would. I, I guess it would have to be some sort of a soft reboot. Yeah, soft. because you can't. You can't really have it be like her, her, his, her, his, her. Now I'm all mixed up. You can't have it be like a child because, you know, the way the last couple of movies, I, it just wouldn't work. I don't know how you'd do it. 
it's been long enough. You could probably just do a, a complete reboot of it, and no one would even mm-hmm. really think about it. Yeah, there'd still be some pissed off people. It would make yeah, like some decent spud. money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, what, what you no, have to hope, though, is, what, what you have to hope is that if you do a reboot of it, it's done well enough that the people that see it and like it find out it's a reboot and go watch. Who's it, it owned by now? Because I, I, I know I MGM no like owns like the first two. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know about the rest. So, yeah, that but, looks like another one that um, would be an easy VOD. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't be Dimension Films, obviously, but yeah, it could definitely be some Lionsgate or Magnet or maybe Shutter. That would be a Shutter yeah, exclusive. Could be Shutter, yeah. And, could be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think it'd be I think it'd be a good series to see. Because Netflix would just be, hey, this isn't in the cinema, so that's why it's here, and you know, just too many people have that negative preconception to where it's just hard to even find a good movie on Netflix when you see so much stuff where it's like, what am I watching? So, yeah, and, and same with Amazon. Like Amazon's originals, most of them aren't that great. Like I've tried watching a lot of their stuff, and I'm like, eh. I don't okay. know about their movies. Uh, I I I just I like how they're taking more risk. They do, though, but it's even just, though they're a shitty workplace to work, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But I think they're getting better with the TV shows. But there have been some other ones where it's like, yeah, no, fuck the show. Like the Robots, yeah, like the, never yeah. seen an episode, but I don't like Matthew Weiner as a person, so. Well, <laughs> yeah, I tried watching their anthology series that was kind of like um, it was. I think it was a Philip K. Dick anthology. Oh, Ele- Electric Dreams. Yeah, I yeah, seen and that I one. love Philip K. Dick's stories, and mo- most of the movies I love are based off his stories. And I started trying to watch it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like, this feels like a European production. Sure enough, it's like an English production. Like it just didn't have like there's just something missing from it. Like it, it felt like it was made for TV. That's a fair point. I, you know I thought I mean? they did. I thought they it was a... made. It felt like it was made for video. It didn't feel like they mm. tried to make it anything. It didn't yeah. seem like they tried to make it feel higher end. So I the guess. restrictions showed on the screen. I, yeah, I, know they, I, I think so. For me, it did. They did all right with lore, which was like a part kind of unsolved mysteries mixed with real life horror reenactments. I thought that was decent. Going I, hear, I hear Man in the High Castle is really good. That's so I know good. I know they have capabilities to do it. Uh, Bosch and Jack Ryan and The Expanse definitely come recommended. Jack I, Ryan's I, good. I, I watched I, a couple of those. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, I recommend Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan is just an incredible show. And some people didn't want to see it. They're like, oh, I'm fearing it's going to be, you know, a conservative fantasy. I'm like, no, just go right in. Just You're, you're going to have a lot yeah, of fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's just absolutely just riveting. From, like American like, Assassin. I mean, it kind of is even better than it's like its own source material. It's just way more brutal, way more efficient, and just really creative with the twist instead of just saying, I feel like I've seen this before on the unit or 24. I was right, actually more they, worried to watch it because of the lead actor. Like, I'm like, am I going to be able to believe him in this role? Because I, right, I read that, Tom that was, Clancy that, books for like, I, when I, again, when I was in high school, man, like I read every Clancy book that came out. He pretty much got know. the job because of 13 hours in a quiet place, you know, where big success yeah. for Michael Bay's right, doing like, films. you know, like, and and a lot of people are saying they're like, oh my god, you casting Jim from Jim <laughs> and it's like, no, he completely just immerses himself in that yeah. role, and it's just he's like, oh good. my god, like he's just like, now it's like I, I I see a lot of people like, is he is he Jim Halper or is he Jack Ryan now? <laughs> he's just, he's just a good, legit good actor. And yeah, he, I he mean, is. He is. Bit, by just being that kind of low tone and everything, I can see him having a bigger Tom Hanks, uh, Jim Gaffigan type career. He seems um, like yeah. a really good guy too. I've never, well, I've never really heard too. anything bad about him either. 
Yeah, and I, I hear everyone just says he's just very creative with how he is creative, if that makes yeah. sense. So, I mean, he told this hysterical story on how he was just one time just in the middle of the countryside, and, and he goes through the valley to go to a friend's house, and next thing you know, he sees a bunch of these naked people and two camera guys run through <laughs> a trail, and he's like, well, I guess there's some adult film with me on credit as a cab driver somewhere. <laughs> he just has a cool way in how he looks at you know retrospect at various genres so it's cool that he's conquering drama action horror and without just feeling like he's playing it safe he, he's a he's a chameleon without having to be as diverse just because he just he's comfortable right yeah so he might not make you know 10 best actors of all time but he's definitely he's going to survive because he has the likability factor looking for him yeah he's versatile. he's very versatile and he's Jim Halpert, so he's he's always gonna get those. Yeah, you know, he's, he's always gonna he's always gonna true. get people watching him because he's Jim Halpert. That's true. You know? he was like, like the he, most relatable character on that damn show. Oh, he yeah yeah like you know he just looked the, at the audience like, did you hear what they just said? Am I the only crazy person here? He he's the, he's the reason he got people looking at the space because they wanted to do the Jim Halpert look. Like you know, everybody yeah. just looks off into space because they think it's Jim Halpert looking at the camera. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, talk about a role! Uh, wouldn't you love to see that character in a horror movie? Who, <laughs> Jim? <laughs> Am I the only person who thinks my boss is a psycho? <laughs> there you go. Let's reboot the Office, but horror edition. I would see Dwight, that. Dwight you know what's fun? The funny thing is, kills everybody. <laughs> he really was. He really was the reason I watched that show. Like I, back when the the English one came here and it was like this huge like cult following that became this huge hit, I really was like, oh, I love it. But in my the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I really don't. But I don't want to feel left out. And maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> then the then the American one came on, and I'm like, okay, Jim's great. And um, I really like the pranks and the stuff between him and Dwight. And then yeah. like around season three or four, you know what? You know what it was with season? I want to say it was season four when they find out Pam's pregnant. Uh-huh. I think that's so. when I that's when the show like lost me because you you he had the new the new boss right, and that guy was kind of a jag, and it just <laughs> didn't seem, it just didn't seem fun anymore. And that's when it lost me. But he was always good. He always like gave a hundred percent in that in that show. Yeah, it's got the, some favorite and least favorite things about it. Uh, I I do think uh, it'd be interesting to see horror movies or shows that kind of even went for the mockumentary style or just the whole just various people strangers with nothing in common i mean we've seen a bit of it but it's been it's been a minute <laughs> um, the closest thing is probably uh behind the mask the, the rise of leslie bergen with that whole mockumentary uh, thank you so i mean vhs one and two have kind of shown that there's still popularity and I, i've heard good stuff about the creep show tv show so i mean there's definitely yeah. uh, not not that bad not not that good oh. it, 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 it's it, it's all right I, I mean i haven't seen every episode i've seen like a couple and so anyway we we, we got to get some better anthologies going and mm-hmm. uh, when, when i heard how bad tells from the hood 2 was i was like yeah they should have gone the anthology way if that's the case yeah tales from the hood 2 was was like some of the segments were fine, and some of the segments were like, eh, "Did this really need to be a segment?" I actually met the guy who actually plays like the lead in that on like a few other short films. Just talk about ego. Just very really? all about me. Not a bad person. Not going to harm anyone. You're not going to find him 
dead with a hooker or anything, but just kind of just like, <laughs> like, like, why did your mind go to that? Well, watching too much of Ray Donovan does that to me. Let alone reading about Charlie Sheen type guys who piss everyone <laughs> off. Uh, but um, no, I mean, it, it's a hell. Okay, just to finish this up, <laughs> what about if uh, going to Estevezville, what if Soul Taker had been a better legit freaky movie oh, franchise? I almost brought yeah. that up. And crossed it that over was, with that, Warlock and any other oh, Lionsgate. I mean, it stars one of the lesser Estevezes. I love it. As, as Mystery Science Theater says. I know. Hey, 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 hey now. Joe no, Estevez is the best. <laughs> I know he's just joking. Oh, with hang the on. Joe. I was just <laughs> saying, I didn't fair, say Joe. I was just saying what they called him. To be wow. fair, they they've seen the worst of them. I mean, Roller Gator is a bad movie, but oh they, god! You know what's what, 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 what <laughs> Joe's so wife's favorite movie? Believe it or not, what's so odd? Really? About Joe, what, <laughs> yeah, in my interview Joe. I did with him, he got his wife on the phone, and he's just like, "Honey, what's that movie you love?" Roller Gator. <laughs> <laughs> what's so weird about him is he's such a his voice and his look look like all the Estevezes all at one time. He looks like Marty. <laughs> so, like, at, and, at, yeah. at one point, you're like, oh, it's Martin Sheen. And at one point, you're like, oh, it's Emilio Estevez. And they're like, holy shit. He does wow. have a few solemn moments where he's kind of <laughs> thinking like Emilio. And then there's other moments when, when he totally chews scenery. He's definitely in Charlie on a coat oh, yeah. day. And, you know, to be, little known fact is he filled in for Martin mm-hmm. on, um, on a Apocalypse Now set a couple yep. of times because martin was real sick or something and the voice yeah. and the hand double and sometimes yeah. even other shots where he's clearly a body and that's not martin uh, yeah yeah because yeah. martin had a heart attack mm-hmm. yes uh, probably watching too many bad movies i'm joking why? <laughs> I, know, I know why i know why <laughs> we, we all know why god bless uh, him for getting through that damn movie in one piece oh my god the, I, I will I, cry I, a river when any of these guys die <laughs> I bought the director's cut of that movie years ago. I don't even know which one it is. It's two DVDs. And it was before I had kids. I'm sitting downstairs. It's like 4.30 in the afternoon. I put it on. I start watching it. Five-ish, my wife calls. Oh, I've never seen it. Start. Wait for me. I'm like, okay, fine. She gets home a half hour later. Dude, it's like four hours long. <laughs> it, it's like, geez, and there's parts of it that, sh- that the sheltering sky moves faster then. Ironically, the final cut's way shorter. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, this thing was like, I think it ended up being like five hours long. But the amount of people in that movie, like Harrison Ford's in that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite Lawrence Fishburne roles. Yeah, it, which he I'm got illegally because he lied about his age. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's why I respect him for that even more. He said, fuck you. I'm going to make yeah. my career, motherfuckers. <laughs> He's like, I'm 18. You don't need no proof. No, but um, uh, I, uh, the, the boat captain, he's awesome. Uh, I've seen him on Sleeper Cell in 24. Uh, the entire cast is great. But I remember Forrest. watching. Oh, man. I'm, I remember when I first saw it, I don't remember seeing the part with the French colony, colonist in it. So I, I don't know if yeah, that whole segment was when it was. Yeah, was that's the special edition. Orig- yeah, okay. Because that was like 45 minutes of like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? Uh, then I see Martin Sheen once again at encountering Colts in the movie the believers yeah. and i'm like oh man uh it'd be cool if we saw more of those kind of movies just mixing war elements and cults but soul taker man soul taker had a good storyline had a good idea yeah it's just it, it really one did. of those if it had a better actress and you know just moved along a little faster i think it'd be a bigger hit most of those mst movies like even werewolf as as corny as that movie is like this the idea that like you can it's watchable. Like, it's yeah. just one of those because there's dull moments or just again just 
bad leads. You know, or because it was you, shot on like VHS. Yeah. With horrible audio. <laughs> Where like loud mumbling breaks out. I'm like, uh, I, mean, I can't hear him now because you're talking. Uh, yeah, that, that is the other thing. And I let it slide because, I mean, their job is, you know, and just giving the premise. I mean, I would probably hate it too if I was in outer space and that was the only thing I had to watch. So funny because that's what I did like the first 25 years of my life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> was, was, was watch movies like that. But, but yeah, uh, that would have been an interesting crossover, like him and like somehow with Warlock or whatever. I mean, oh, there that, you go. He stops a werewolf. He plays two roles. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, Joe Estevez in Face Off 2, Werewolf Edition. <laughs> it's Joe versus Joe. <laughs> I will fucking kill you, Marty. What are you talking about? I'm Joe, <laughs> just like you. Do, do you guys watch Joe on um Joe vs. the Volcano the 2. Wait, what? Oh, the, yeah, uh, on uh, the one with Tim and Eric. Yeah, as well as yeah, the other one where he uh, plays Tim the... Heidecker uh, and uh, Greg, uh, Greg Turkington. That is so hysterical. Um, oh, the the I, what was it last year? I I remember it was the funniest thing ever. Uh, they they have they do an Oscar special every year, and yes. uh, they had Joe on, and, and Tim, Tim. Well, in 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 context of the show, Tim is barred from you know participating in the Oscar special. <laughs> yes, and um he he takes over, and then he's sitting on the side as Greg is trying to interview Joe, and he was like. Like Joe, you you're a scumbag. I gave you the biggest role of your life. I gave you the biggest best role of your life. And Greg goes <laughs> like, best role of his life. He was in a movie with Burt Reynolds, Eliza Minnelli, and Tim was like, who fucking cares? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> what show is this? It's on like YouTube, and then he does yeah. the other one on Adult Swim, where basically Joe is spoofing his brother Martin by playing the president, and Tim plays a yeah like, spy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a spy show that's like a show within the show, and right? Because like, uh, I mean, and Joe plays the president. It's still worth seeing, even if really? you're not a fan I had of no idea. Eric's main stuff. Because I mean, everyone just takes all their shit so serious. It's like they're just they've said it before. This is TV you would watch if you were on your deathbed or in hell. It's just bad <laughs> TV that, and I mean, it's made for that kind of crowd. You're supposed to watch it after you know four a.m. when you should be in asleep, and you just. I, you, I can understand if people don't find it funny. I get that, but just taking see, it do, so we, serious. And... We should do an episode where we come up with our favorite B movie stars for expe- like an B movie Expendables. You have Joe Estevez, Neil I Connery. Take, I will take you up on that. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> I guess next episode is the nepotism in a B movie. Jim Hanks. <laughs> oh, there you go. So it's like, I, be... like I said, like I said in our chat, Chip Hitler. <laughs> oh damn! So there you go. So. Well, hell, the extra movie should have been a better franchise, in my opinion. But my favorite, of course, is the one with Devoff hamming it up, just not making note of all the crappy production values. <laughs> Wait, who, whose turn is it, by the way? Where did we leave off? Jeez, oh, I have no fucking clue. Um, I know I know, I went with Sleepaway Camp. So I went with Sleepaway Camp. Do we want to hint it there? <laughs> I mean, maybe do a part two with some other people chiming in. I don't know. That's an idea, too, yeah. Oh God! Um, so, uh, Rob, uh, where can we find you on the interwebs? I know. Oh, um, I, you can find me on my Facebook page at uh, the Cinema Drunkie, as well as uh, my Twitter, the Cinema Drunkie, my Instagram, the Cinema Drunkie, uh, my YouTube, the Cinema Drunkie. 
as well, and you can also find my uh, various writings on Ultimate Action Movie Club, um, actionflex.com, and House of Torch Souls, and my personal Ooh. blog, the, the cinematrunky.wordpress.com. He has a resume we would die for. Yeah, no yeah I'm all over the place. Dude, if you look at all the stuff I've done over the last 15 years, it's really impressive. I just never went anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. You know what I'm like, isn't that every talented person? Yeah, like the the most talented people are the ones who's like uh, they're not the ones who are in a movie every year. They're the ones who everyone's like, right, hey, I've like, heard of. Like I like Randall Park before he made it big on Fresh Off the Boat. I'm like, he's a legit good comedic actor, and then now he's in everything. I'm like, people, he's good, but stop putting people in movies when it has nothing to do with the rest of the shit. Just to get investors. <laughs> I like how I like how this just got got sad for an instant. Like you know, like you know, it, it was it was fun, and it just got right now. It just got sad for a moment. With like, <laughs> well, I was actually throw, I, I was actually throwing you some compliment. Like, dude, this guy, he's you know. <laughs> and then it's uh, like, oh, you know, can't win them like, all. and then we're all kind of like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> this is so healthy to just be venting this. Um, well, uh, on a positive note, uh, Johnny, you got a co-host on your show. I mean, don't get me wrong. Do. You, you, I, I like how you and Ryan Rodriguez of the Coolness Chronicles have been kind of the few guys who's like, I can bear to, you know, see you guys just being a one man show. Cause you know, your shit, you're prepared to talk. And uh, my wife would dispute that, but yeah, well, you, you break the fourth <laughs> wall a lot. And it, so no, uh, kudos to you after finally successfully finding a co-host after, previously being shafted over by other co-hosts yeah no we've done two and uh Long story short, Rob, soon so he's been he's gotten a lot of mutinies and other people who would just decide to yeah. show up but not know what they were talking about just or not show up oh that sucks uh, yeah it's, that been, sucks. it's been it, it, it's been yeah it's been it was a trio and, uh, and it didn't help that they were like friends of friends so it got even more awkward so well that like, yeah that was that was some of the other shows i did but yeah the b-movie the B, attack of the B movie, the attack of the B movies podcast started off just as me, and then I'm like, I started asking around, oh, do you want to do it? And some, I'd get, oh yeah, I'll do it, and then oh, I don't have time or whatever, and I switched to a new uh, a new website, you know, and um, put all my stuff on one website under one name, <laughs> and this guy, uh, this guy started listening again, and he contacts me, and he's like, hey, are you still looking for a co-host? This guy James. I'm like, James, yeah. Let's, uh, give, let's give it a shot. See how it works, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we did. Um, we did the Bowerer. Bower, ugh, I can't even say that word. Damn it. We did the Bowerer, which is actually a pretty damn good B movie, great horror movie. If you've never seen it, it's actually pretty good. I, I've heard it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's on. It's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, even better. So you know the quality's there. Uh, like we did that things. one, and I just finished. <laughs> I just finished editing that one, and I'll probably be posting that one soon. I got to rearrange my posting schedule a little bit because I've been reposting all my old stuff too, because I haven't gotten it all up there yet. And then um, we just did uh, Maniac last night. We recorded it. Whoop, whoop. Nice. So uh, yeah, it's gone well. It's it's nice to, it's nice not to hear myself the whole time. Right. That's 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 actually how I made my first podcast appearance. Um, Michael Cook, uh, who who's very uh, prolific. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Michael Cook, he, he's a great guy. Um, he has like a slew of podcasts he does. He he had a co-host on his podcast, Trash Cinema, who was just incredibly delinquent with him the entire time. You know what I'm saying? He would have to postpone episodes, you know, to record because the guy would just never like, uh, 
maybe not today. Maybe you know next week, and then maybe next week, and, maybe, and you know he, you know what, fuck that. And then he just Sucks. contacted me of like, hey, you know, you want to? Uh, I, I need a new co-host. You want to? You want to help me record this podcast? I was like, me. <laughs> and then like you know, and then it kind of springboarded from there. You know what I'm saying? Then I was just like, I'm just recording podcasts everywhere now. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but, I took uh, it. I was on. Hi- I mean, all my stuff was on hiatus for a while, you know. And it wasn't so much because I, I had the second. Years later. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't so much because I actually had the second kid. That wasn't really the reason. It was just people assumed I wouldn't be able to make time. So they're like, "Well, I know you have the kid now." I'm like, "No, I could. We. I mean, we could. I still, can do it." <laughs> you know, we could even Skype it. Well, now this this Zoom works way better than Skype does. But it was like we could we could do it over the internet. We could, and you know, and I told you the story about the Doctor Who one, how that ended. Uh. So. Yeah, yeah that was guys. well. I mean, and it wasn't Nicole's fault. It was it, it wasn't. It was just a bizarre happenstance. I mean, I still talk. Nicole hangs out with us all the time, so it's just we don't do anything together, show wise. So like, I was on hiatus for a while, and then yeah, and then Cameron here is like, "Hey, you know, I've been listening to your show." I'm like, "Like fall 2019." I'm like, hey, "I'm like, wow, really?" I'm like, "That's cool." And I, and I thought about it. I'm like, "Man, you know, you see the numbers, right? Like, I could see people are listening. I mean, not not hundreds of thousands or not thousands. The movies are but until you titled get, enough." Like, we, they pop up in results. Yeah, that was that that was planned. <laughs> so the, nah, the thing you is, you want to just listen to yourself. Yeah, but the thing, yeah, that's <laughs> my wife always says I just like to hear myself talk. But the the thing was, you know, until you get contacted by someone, you're like, it's just a number. You don't think about the fact that there is that because you know I never got comments. I never got hate mail. Thankfully, I never got you know any of that, good or bad. So I knew people were listening. I just didn't know who or what they really thought, right? And then mm-hmm. Cameron contacted me, and then James is like, "Hey, I started listening again because I saw you posted some new ones, and it's cool. It's good. It feels good, you know. So far, so good with him." Yeah. So and this and everything you and I've done seems to be pretty good. So yeah, pretty happy about good. that right now. Oh, I'm glad you guys got to finally meet each other on this awesome show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah totally. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, well, look forward to the next chat. Um, we're on Candy's podcast tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, ghosts, totally. ghosts. <laughs> Hopefully, no one ghosts. Yeah, favorite, favorite, favorite ghost movies Ooh. or shows. <laughs> nice. Ooh. All right. Oh, so you started the recording, so I guess I'll share the recording with you or someone or go email it to me <laughs> uh th- thank you all for being on this uh and uh again uh let's hope so for the actually, best it actually says you've been recording really okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah it just says recording at the top so, like, so when you when you leave them when you leave the meeting it'll tell you that it's got it's it'll, it'll show you it's saving it okay perfect well that's how it does it on a, on a computer i don't know how it does it on a tablet <laughs> Hopefully it shows up just like on a phone or on Skype or it's so, in the chat. Uh, I, think it, I think it's. I think it asks where you want it saved, and then it saves it. So. Okay. Uh, no, thank you all so very much for making it to here. It, it really does make a difference. It's like the first recording in a while. So. <laughs> um, no problem, brother. Thanks a lot. Uh, it obviously, it went longer than we expected, but at least it was. We we tried to make it more positive in chaotic world. So, thank you all so much. The Jacked Up Review Show can also be followed on Facebook on both the page and the group. Feel free to chat, leave questions, make requests for future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter 
Thank you so much for your various support, and we'll continue to entertain the hell out of you. Till then, take care. <laughs>